The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. It is September 25th. We're going to talk about some baseball. Sorry, this is late. I had to re-record the whole thing because technical difficulties can strike us at any time. As far as injuries and transactions, Spencer Strider hit the IL with an oblique injury. No word yet on whether he'll be available for the playoffs, but Strider should remain a risk-reward top 10 to 15 option in drafts next year. Shane Baz, who hasn't pitched since the All-Star break, will be going under the knife with Tommy John surgery. Huge bummer. The next time we will see Shane Baz on the mound for the Rays will be in 2024. Lewis Robert has been ruled out for the remainder of the season with his wrist injury. Robert's career has been plagued by injuries, and he's only appeared in 98 games this year after being in just 68 last season. While Robert did hit 12 home runs and steal 11 bases with a 284 batting average, he's just a much riskier long-term outlook than we hoped due to those injuries. Ronald Acuna Jr. missed yet another game, and he hasn't played since Wednesday. Unlike most teams, Atlanta doesn't have a day off till Thursday, so it's hard to say when Acuna will be back, and if he's back, whether he'll play every single day when he does. So keep an eye on those lineup cards, not just today, but for the rest of the week. Nico Horner, who's been out of action since the 11th, missed yet another game, though the Cubs do have Monday off, so it wouldn't be a huge surprise if they just give Nico that time off. Two more days of rest to be ready for the final week of the season. That said, the Cubs have no reason to push Nico Horner and aren't playing for anything, so I'm not opposed to folks cutting bait with him at any time in 12-teamers. Chris Bryant made it official that he won't be returning to the lineup this year due to his foot injury. It was a lost year in Colorado, but he remains an intriguing fantasy option in 2023 simply because Bryant can still be a good hitter, and it's even easier to do that in Colorado. Jeremy Pena is already ruled out for today, but he did manage to clear the concussion protocol after leaving Saturday's game against the Orioles. Pena has three home runs, two steals, and 22 combined runs and ribbies over his last 15 games, so let's hope he picks up where he left off when the Orioles come back to action on Tuesday. Dustin May was placed on the IL with lower back tightness, which is a huge bummer as it means he won't get to make that final start in LA against the Rockies. May's cooled off in a big way over his last few starts, but there's still a lot of upside here, evidenced by the 3.26 ERA over 143.2 major league innings. Health will be an obvious concern, of course, but here's to hoping May can put it all together in 2023. Folks who've been stashing Tony Gonsolin should keep a close eye on his minor league start on Tuesday as it's being reported that Gonsolin could return to the rotation for the Dodgers if that Tuesday outing goes well. Gonsolin would then probably pick up the start that May left out on 10-3 at home against the Rockies. 
Freddie Peralta returns to the Brewers rotation today against the Reds, so managers looking for a Sunday miracle should insert him back into their lineups, though it's unclear how deep the Brewers might let Peralta pitch in this game. The jury is still out on whether DJ LeMahieu will return this season, and for those in redraft leagues, his injury combined with a recent slump make LeMahieu expendable in 12-teamers. And finally, Nick Castellanos is expected to return next week against the Cubs. The Phillies have a pretty decent schedule going forward, so you might as well keep him on the IL if you have the spot. If not, it's maybe okay to let go of Castellanos. Uh, It just depends on your specific situation, what stats you still need. Now, as far as hitting performances from yesterday, Hunter Renfro of the Brewers went four for five with two home runs, three runs scored, five RBI. The two home runs ended a six-game stretch where Renfro failed to pick up an extra base hit, and it should be exciting for fantasy managers who have noticed the softness of the Brewers and Renfro's remaining schedule. Connor Capel of the Oakland A's went three for five with a triple, a home run, two runs scored, four RBI, the best day of Capel's short major league career so far as he extended his hitting streak to four games with his first three hit game and first triple of his career, along with his first home run as an A. The A's actually claimed Capel from the Cardinals earlier this month, and he continues to show interesting skills, such as having just two strikeouts in his first 35 major league plate appearances between the Cardinals and A's. Oscar Gonzalez of the Guardians went two for four with two home runs. He bumped his September OPS to 881 with the 5th and 6th home runs of the month. Gonzalez has run pretty hot and cold this season, but he should end it on a high note, in part due to his very favorable remaining schedule. Anthony Santander of the Orioles went 3-for-5 with 2 home runs and 3 RBI. Since his last 2 home run game on September 5th, Santander had been just brutal, putting up a WRC Plus of 4. That's right, 4 over 58 plate appearances. That means 96% worse than an average Major League hitter. Santander has up to 10 more chances to get to 30 home runs after hitting his 28th and 29th last night and is a worthwhile scoop if he's dropped in shallower leagues and you need home runs. Though I would suggest Hunter Renfro and Oscar Gonzalez first before you go after Anthony Santander. Javi Baez of the Tigers went 3-for-5 with a home run, 2-run score, 3-RBI. His 15 home runs and 29 steals are almost exactly half the power and speed output he put up last season, though I suppose a 178 WRC Plus in September is a silver lining and might give us some hope that there is still a decent bat uh, for Javi Baez after all. Tristan Cassis of the Boston Red Sox went 1-for-2 with a home run, 3-RBI, and three walks. The two home runs in three games is pretty impressive, but he's a power prospect. We kind of expected that. What's more impressive is the plate discipline. Cassis has taken six walks to just two strikeouts in those three games. Cassis has a fantastic hit tool, plenty of power, and he could be a threat to hit 30 home runs as early as next season. Whit Merrifield went two for three with a double, a home run, and three RBI. The home run was his 10th of the season, and it's the only thing that Whit has done that remotely resembles what he did last season. Everything else is down, and it's really hard to say exactly what's going to happen to Whit Merrifield going into next season. Michael Harris II of Atlanta, he went three for four with a double, a home run, and two RBI. Harris is now one home run and two steals away from a 2020 season as a rookie, and while that would be impressive for just about anybody, it's especially impressive for Michael Harris, who had just 43 games in AA and will only have appeared in about 115 games by the end of the season. He could be a 2020, he could be a 25 25 guy next season or more. The sky's the limit for this kid. He continues to make fantastic adjustments at the major league level. And speaking of adjustments, Jared Kelenic of the Mariners, he went two for five with a double and two runs scored. He now has a double in all three games since being recalled. And I really hope that Kelenic can keep building on this. He's a special talent who can be so much better than what we've seen in the majors so far. 
starting pitching performances. Kyle Wright of Atlanta, he went against the Philadelphia Phillies. He got the win on 5.1 innings pitch, two earned runs, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. The curve didn't generate the whiffs it did last week, but it did its job. And unfortunately, the changeup wasn't exciting or as electric this week as it was last week because I think that Wright left that in the zone far too often, at least for my liking. That said, Kyle Wright should be a top 30 to 40 starting pitcher going into next season, if not better. Davis Martin of the White Sox went against the Tigers. He got the loss, but he did go six innings pitch with three earned runs, seven hits, one walk, four strikeouts. Martin actually put up a pair of quality starts against the Tigers, but it's a bummer he couldn't grab a win in either game. You really don't want to hold on to him anymore in pretty much any league as the rest of the schedule for Martin is not very favorable and he wasn't all that good against the Tigers anyway. Wade Miley of the Cubs' popular streaming option, he got the loss against the Pirates, but he went four innings pitch with one earned run, three hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Miley actually had to leave this start early with left oblique tightness, but at least he didn't hurt anyone who actually streamed him. He didn't help, mind you, but he didn't hurt, and that's about all you can ask for sometimes from a streamer. Nick Pavetta of the Red Sox, he was against the Yankees, no decision, five innings pitch, five earned runs, six hits, four walks, but eight strikeouts, and if you started Pavetta, it was because you needed strikeouts and you got them, so there's that. The fastball command just makes him so volatile from week to week, but he will pile up strikeouts whenever you need him. Logan Gilbert of the Mariners went against the Royals. He disappointed on five innings pitch, five earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. Gilbert relies heavily, if not entirely, on the strength of his fastball right now. For the first time in a while, he just didn't have his best uh, with the heater. Gilbert had to use his slider way more than he had at any other point this season, and the results were not great. And then Jacob DeGrom of the Mets went against the A's. He got a loss on four innings pitch, five earned runs, six hits, four walks, five strikeouts, on 80 pitches, maybe the weirdest thing of this whole start isn't just that he lost, it isn't just that he got beat up by the A's, but he had zero whiffs on 27 fastballs against the A's. It just tells you that baseball doesn't make sense, it's not supposed to make sense, and once you accept that, your life becomes a lot more happy. On the relief pitching side, Scott Efros picked up the save for the Yankees in his first appearance back from the IL. He's in the mix for saves for the rest of the season too, I guess, but it's hard to tell exactly what the Yankees are doing with the back end of that bullpen right now with Efros, Holmes, and Jonathan Loisega. Emmanuel Class hit a Allowed a run, but picked up his third save in three days, giving him 39 for the season to go along with a sparkling 1.46 ERA. He is firmly in the top tier of closers going into 2023, and with him being locked in as a closer for at least a few more years and not having to deal with arbitration and all that, uh, Emmanuel Klaus might be the top dynasty closer as well. Felix Batista gave up four runs in 1.1 innings to break a streak of five consecutive saves that he'd converted. It was his first blown save since July 5th, which is actually a few weeks before Felix Batista even became the closer. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about picks for today and some picks for next week. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at PitcherList.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back to talk about the weather with our guy, Mark. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, we're really getting close to the end of the season, and tomorrow we will have a couple weather issues. There's going to be some 
Rounds of showers and even thunderstorms that move through Pittsburgh and then a little bit to their east in New York, where the Yankees are going to be hosting the Red Sox and back to Pittsburgh, they're hosting the Cubs. So uh, not the best situation so late in the season, um, but they're going to do their best to make these games, play these games, excuse me, because they won't be able to make them up again. Um, just keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on the sky and the radars and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. As always, we appreciate all that work you put in for streaming options of the day. I'll start with starting pitchers in shallower leagues. Nick Lodolo against the Brewers is probably my top pick, followed by Edward Cabrera against the Nats. Or finally, if you need one more, Ross Stripling against the Rays. Again, that's all for shallower leagues. I know those guys are rostered in more. If you're looking for something a little deeper, Luis Ortiz of the Pirates goes against the Cubs. uh, And I think he's actually a pretty decent streamer in 12-team leagues and deeper. On the relief pitching side, CNL Perez should get a decent chance at either a hold or a save after Felix Batista and Dylan Tate each threw over 25 pitches yesterday. Matt Barnes on the Red Sox is the freshest arm in that bullpen and darn near the only one without a loss or blown save in the last three days. So I think he's got a decent chance to pick up uh, some sort of decision. And Emmanuel Class has appeared in three of the last four games. So I'd expect James Karinchak to get the ball in the ninth for the Guardians today if there's a save on the line. On the hitting side, it's the last game of the season in Coors, so be sure to start any Rocky or Padre hitter you have against Mike Clevenger and Kyle Freeland. Anibal Sanchez has somehow prevented runs from scoring in the last few starts, but his inability to miss bats mean that the Marlins will get their chances to do some damage. John Birdie, Brian Anderson, and Garrett Cooper will be at the top of that lineup, and I think that Nick Fortes, uh, the hot-hitting catcher, should be batting fourth or somewhere near the middle of that lineup if you need a streaming catcher. He's been absolutely hot, and he's got two hits in each of his last three games. Then the Guardians will face lefty Cole Raggins of the Rangers, who has a 5.40 ERA. They'll see him for at least a few innings, and they have a great schedule for the rest of the season. I'll talk about that in just a bit, so pick up some Guardians if you want to hold on to them for not just today, but for next week as well. Talking about next week, Boston and Baltimore. Worth noting that they play every day for the rest of the season. So they will, that is the most games played along with the Nats, Phillies, Rangers, Mariners, and Tigers. Those will, they all each have one day off, but they have double headers. So you'll, you should expect to see them uh, play about 10 games. And then for the best hitting, oh yeah, also the Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Mets, and Astros all have two days off. So they only have eight games left on their schedule. Just something to keep in mind if you're tra- trying to hit those, uh, those limits or stay under them. The best hitting schedules for the rest of the season, I'll tell you, it's the Dodgers, Reds, Phillies, Guardians, Angels, Brewers, Cardinals. That's Dodgers, Reds, Phillies, Angels, Guardians, Brewers, Cardinals. They have the best schedules going forward. Uh, Some of them are on the road a little bit. A lot of them are at home. The worst hitting schedules for the rest of the season, the Rockies and about the Rockies. All remaining games for them are on the road. They're against the Giants and the Dodgers. With CJ Krohn dealing with a hand injury, I don't have a single Rockies hitter that I'd recommend in redraft leagues from now through the end of the season in 12-team leagues. I think all of them are cuttable based on your situation. San Diego has a rough schedule going forward. All their games are at home, but it's the Dodgers, White Sox, and Giants, and they'll catch the teeth of that White Sox rotation as well. So that's not great. The Mets, they have three games against the Nats to finish the season, which is cool, but they have two off days. And between those two off days are, are against Miami's better pitchers. And then they get three games against Atlanta. So I'm not crazy about the Mets rest of the way. And then the Marlins, they're on the road for the next six games against the Mets and Brewers. Then they get to go face down Atlanta. So not a lot of good hitting opportunities there. So again, the worst hitting schedules remaining Rockies, Padres, Mets, and Marlins. With that, thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at if the Chu fits. 
please make sure to check out the website at pitcherlist.com. We've got all kinds of content still coming out every single day about real baseball, fantasy baseball, whatever it is you need to win your leagues or learn more about the game. So please check that out. And otherwise, have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.